everybody. It is Sunday, February 4th, 2023. I can't believe it's already February um, 2023. Yes. And you are listening to Black Box Signal, a podcast on the internet about video games. Uh, I am your host, Chase Johnson, as always, and I am joined by my co-host, Brandon Gaston. What's going on? How's it going, people? It's been a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Certainly has, certainly has. So my kid's finally better. I I think on the first two episodes, we were talking about how Dexter was sick, and now he's finally better, but then, like, he decided to keep me up all night, so I'm running on zero sleep right now and a lot of caffeine, so should make for a great episode. Classic little kids for you, man, you know? Right, right, right. What you been been getting into? Um, dude, this week has been a big week for the Tactics Ogre. I have much to report on for a lot of people. Um, so, spoiler alert, not really spoiler alert, but um, for people that have been following on the stream, I deleted the, str- the stream playthrough and went back through and uh, got us up back up to where we are. So I will be planning on streaming either sometime this week or this coming weekend um, to continue the storyline. So come to find out one of the characters you can recruit, I killed on accident. So I wanted to go back and make sure that we could get said character. So, um, but it's cool, man. Like um, just this time around, it's been a little bit um, more enjoyable, just understanding more of the mechanics of the game you know um how the whole rock paper scissors mechanic that we usually refer to in games like this uh in this it would be the spells so fire beats ice ice beats earth earth beats wind blah 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 blah. knowing how all that kind of stuff works and stuff uh makes things not so much where you want to just beat your head (laughs) into the monitor so that's been uh that's been pretty fun i've been enjoying that um things to note about that game though like oversights like i've noticed um certain classes tend to fall off in that game after a while like fighters that you get them in the beginning absolutely rubbish they don't do anything for me anymore your clerics which are supposed to be your designated healing class like i don't even use those anymore because why i've got heal like Items in that game are such a huge deal that, like, people for me and you that hoard everything was a real hard concept. <laughs> I don't for, know what you're talking me. about. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. This is a rare item. That's what it says on the tooltip. So don't ever use it. No, no, no. You might want to save it for labor. No, no, no. Yeah. Don't ever use it. You know, Got it. You know what? what uh, Pro ZD song one, those videos that I send you sometime. <laughs> yeah. He's got one that's like, um, gets the end of the game and then he's like, but I still have 435 of these. <laughs> yeah, good. A fact, exactly. Um, so yeah, definitely, like, don't do that in this game. Like, items are a huge thing in this game. Um, it's not even just, like, healing or reviving items, right? They have all sorts of stuff, like items to buff, temporarily buff your stats in battle, or the big one is when you get to, like, actual, like, what they would consider, like, a boss fight, right? And you know it is because your target has starts with four of the card buffs on them. So they hit like a truck. They can pretty much use a finishing move on you every other turn to deal, you know, big dick damage. And it's 
So, you know, having those items where you can like lower their attack stat or their defense stat, it, it's 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 huge. It's a game changer. Right. And has really been making the playthrough a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable. So yeah, definitely people, if you do decide to pick it up, don't sleep on the items. Like spend your money, dude. Like you'll make more money, trust me. Like it's not an issue. Like just just buy the items and use them, man. Because eventually the like clerics they're they're not even useful anymore because i can just put healing items on my characters and they can just heal each other for way more than a cleric's gonna heal me and instead of taking away a damaging slot by putting a cleric in there that does no damage i can put another damage dealer and increase my dps or for people that don't know that term means damage per second so oh, come essentially on. I think people know that Okay, maybe I, well, maybe I shouldn't assume that. <laughs> you know, don't I don't want to assume, but yeah. So I mean, ultimately, increase your DPS by taking out you know one or two healers to put in more DPS and just give them healing items. You know, right. at the end of the day, um, the recruiting I slept on a lot originally, and that's pretty cool. You can get dragons and stuff, and um, uh, other various beasts, griffins. Uh, what what else did I get? Oh, a cockatrice, which like can petrify people and stuff. So, yeah, it's been it's been pretty interesting. That's been a lot of what I've been doing uh, this week slash weekend is um, playing that and just kind of learning new stuff. So I'm excited to pick the story back up from where we left off on stream and see uh, where the rest of that goes to. So that'll be definitely cool. Um. Other than that, not really a whole lot. Um, I did watch Last of Us, obviously, and I know that you watched it. Oh, yeah, um, we we're going to get to so that. I'm curious to know, like, your thoughts on that, as you know, because we, uh, we didn't even get a chance to even discuss it really at all this week, because I watched it before you did, but you just finished it. Yeah, I literally just finished it this morning. Uh, we watched, like, the first... Uh... 20 minutes of it and i will just let you y'all know uh we'll try to keep this section a little short so if you don't want to hear spoilers for the show uh skip ahead a few minutes um maybe, maybe i'll put a time code in the in the description um but uh uh we watched up to the piano scene and then uh. got caught up with a bunch of stuff and then we watched the rest of it today um and i really enjoyed this episode i I did I, too. I did too. I know they made some changes. Um, oh yeah. Like, I'll be vague here, so it's not a bad spoiler. But uh, like a certain character dies, that doesn't die in the game. Uh, but I think the way that they wrote it was really well done, and mm -hmm. I felt like it made for a way more powerful episode. I was more. I mean, last week when you said that uh, episode two sold you. I wouldn't say that this episode completely sold me, but it it definitely made me be like, okay, now, now I'm kind of because they got the writing yeah, intrigued chops. now. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're intrigued now. Yeah. yeah, I thought the same thing, too. I mean, I watched it and obviously they did change some stuff. Like you said, a certain character dies that doesn't die in the game. And actually, on the flip side, a certain character in the game that was dead in the game is alive for a time. Mm -hmm. in this episode as well so it was interesting i mean it, it is kind of a that is kind of a big change as far as the story goes but 
I'm with you. I think they did, did it very tactfully and just very well done. Obviously, the um the actor selection for uh, said character got uh killed. Shoot, spot on. I think he, that. He did so. I think what we've been saying the whole time that I feel like so far they have not every actor that they have chose or actress that they have chose has been mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, this definitely uh it was um not really heavy on action or anything, but really none of the episodes have really been super action heavy. And you know what? I'm fine with that. I'm one of those people that um I don't necessarily believe like more action or more killing or more boom, 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 you know, makes it better. Not necessarily. Like, I've watched some shows where there's literally, like, no action at all. It's mostly just story and dialogue, and I've I really loved them and enjoyed them. So, yeah. Well, and it, it, it. when you have those quiet moments, it makes the big bombastic moments seem more big and bombastic. Um, yeah, well... And, and the game really was like you... that. The game had a lot of those sections where you're just exploring. Mm-hmm. You're not fighting at yeah. all. So yeah. I feel like to do that in a show, you can't really just show people exploring the whole time. So you're going to have to have these episodes that are a little bit slowed down where you get some character development. Sure, yeah. Well, yeah, and it really gives you that 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 peek into like um like your humanity almost right during this like kind of apocalypse style setting you know and how certain people have been dealing with it and stuff you know like you know you either become like a monster tyrant kind of person or you know so and give up essentially your humanity or there are other people like this that try to find some hint of of a life inside this world that the, everybody's forced to live in, you know? Yeah. I absolutely right. loved it. I thought it was great. Fantastic. Yep. Yep. Really well done. It's got me really excited for episode four tonight, which drops tonight. So for sure, that'll be, that'll be cool to watch. And then I see in the notes here, uh, you have, you have, you wrote, you just wrote down boss fights. What, oh, what the man. fuck's, yes. what the fuck's that about? <laughs> So, um, actually, I really should have put that before us discussing Last of Us because I could have segued in from uh, Tactics Ogre, probably. But, okay, so I just want to take a moment to discuss boss fights with you briefly for a little bit. So, boss fights for me, obviously, in a game are, like, some of the big key points, right? So, like, for example, like, in Tactics Ogre, the big one so far for me has has been the Hector fight, which... I did do this morning off stream, so spoilers for everybody that watched the stream, you're not going to get to see it. But he just straight decimated me on stream the first time I played him. This time around, he got fucked on pretty hard because I was a lot more prepared. But, you know, boss fights, I you know, I love boss fights, and, like, you can love them for different reasons, right? You know, it's grueling hard or... On the flip side, there have been some boss fights where it's a total joke. It's a pushover fight, but I absolutely freaking love it to death. I mean, I don't know about you, but like sometimes they're 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 like that, you know. One of the big ones for me that I can think of is so a game that me and you both played, Elden Ring. One of the optional bosses you can fight in that is called Melania. Uh, oh, did I, I fight that one? I, don't I never know if finished you did, it. So. It's like Melania, Hand of the King, or something like that. Anyways. That boss fight, like, I died probably about 500 times on that boss fight, like, to the point where, like, I'm pretty sure I almost snapped my PS5 controller in half. Like, I mean, I was 
I've never been so pissed in my life like I was in that fight. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I absolutely loved it because it is just it's so well scripted, right? The cutscene when you walk in and introduces you to the boss is phenomenal. The boss fight itself, I mean, it's hard. It's a grueling drag out fight, but totally fun. And then spoilers for anybody that hasn't played Elder Ring, but when you kill her, you don't actually kill her because then there's another cutscene and then it's a fate it's a two-phase fight and you have to fight her a second time. But they have like a, a kind of a small cutscene in between the two fights. And that's do do cinematically so good. It's like that that like this is the the classic Dragon Ball Z meme. This isn't even my final form. And right. like <laughs> she transforms essentially, bro, and like dude, like it gets like if downright even harder after that. So but I mean I don't know about you, um, but yeah, that's just to me, it's just something I wanted to touch on with our with our viewers slash listeners, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but, like, the boss fights to me have been amazing. And I just wanted to kind of bring up a couple that really stand in my mind. So that one for sure, um, the Johnny fight from Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars on the SNES, was another one as a kid playing that was, like, one of those, like, all right, the game's real moment. It, this is what I would call, like, the moment where a game checks you, right? Like... Mm-hmm. You're cruising along. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm getting these items. going And it's that reality check from the game that's like, all right, well, let me put you back into your place real quick. Right. Uh, the one that I think of that kind of reminds me of that for mine, because I brought a couple, too. Um, and this is going to sound funny, but I played it at 13, so you can't, or 13 or 14, so you can't get after me. Uh, like, how I got into Kingdom Hearts was that my, it was actually a game my sister got. And I was mad because I was like, where's the next Final Fantasy? What's this Disney crap? (laughs) But uh, then she got stuck. And then I started playing it and was like, hey, the the writing in this is not too bad. And I know Kingdom Hearts is divisive. I'm a fan. Sue me. But um, (laughs) uh, I remember getting it. It's like, oh, the writing's not bad. The the voice acting's pretty good. And then I think I got to the the boss fight on the Tarzan world where you fight this chameleon, this giant heartless chameleon. And that was the oh, first yeah, time yeah, 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 that yeah. was the first time that I was like, Oh, I wasn't expecting this Disney kid game to like check me into a wall. All of a sudden I eventually uh, made yeah. it through that. I eventually made it through that boss fight, but that, but that was one that did that. And then later in that same game, when you fight Ansem in his first form, I'm not going to say spoilers for a 20 year old game, 20 plus year old game. When you fight Ansem in his first form, that one checked me for the first time. I remember being stuck on it for a little bit. Again, 13, 14 years old. But, like, just getting hung up on that one. And that was actually... That Tarzan fight is what sold me on Kingdom Hearts. Because then I was like, oh, okay, this isn't just some, like... Like, it is kidified Final Fantasy. But it still challenges you, I guess, is what... Fun. I felt the same way, honestly, when I played it. I was probably about the same age as you. And I remember I was thinking the same thing, right? Like, oh, this is like a kitty game or whatever. And I think I made it to after the Tarzan world. And then that's I had to return it back to the game store or whatever. But yeah, it, I, I, that's, it sold me on it. I've played a couple of them. I've never beaten any of them, but I know that you have for sure. Uh-huh, yeah. And I remember that <laughs> fight with the chameleon. That was 
something else. Yeah, it was the chameleon and Clayton from Tarzan, the dude, the the bad guy in the Tarzan was riding it or whatever and like shooting at you while trying to like fight this chameleon that kept turning invisible. <laughs> and you couldn't lock onto it anymore. Oh. Yep. Um and then uh do you got any other boss fights you want to mention? Cuz I've got one for the end that um or multiple okay. for the end. Yeah. So another good one is also from Super Mario RPG. I'm not going to say spoilers because like you, same thing with the like a 20 some year old game, but the, an alternate boss fight in there is a Final Fantasy uh, reference. You can go through this little thing. You get this key. You unlock this door in Monster Town, and it's the Q-Lex fight where you fight Q-Lex from Final Fantasy and it plays the fi- dude. It's got the Final Fantasy music in the Super Mario world. It's just a slapper. I love it. It's not to me. I didn't really find it particularly super challenging, but it's one of those ones. I just enjoyed it because it's a cool reference in that game that like shouldn't be there. Like you go through this door and you're in an alternate reality and Culex is there and he's got like these four crystals. Each one's a different element that casts spells on you and stuff. And like I said, to me, I didn't find it to be particularly a hard fight, but it's one of those ones, like I said, like, it's not hard, but I love it because it's just it's cool. It's like a cool little Easter egg in there that I I really, really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so the last one that I'll bring is like an entire game. Um, and it's oh. actually my representation of bad boss fights. Uh, and oh, I, you might not good. agree with me, but um, the entirety of Vanilla Destiny. All of it. <laughs> Like all of it is bad boss fights. Like oh, no, until the taken hard until, until the taken king came out. We, we can we can go into whether or not Vanilla Destiny was a good game or not. But until the taken king, that entire game was garbage, and the boss fights no. were fucking boring as hell. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. I will were. hard. <laughs> I will hard disagree with you because. Taken King was bullshit because that raid was cheese mode. You could cheese half the bosses. Oh, well, I guess you hate bad writing or I guess you hate good writing because they actually finally put a fucking story in the game. (laughs) You know me. That's the other thing. You know me narrative driven. So like you have to admit Taken King finally put the fucking story into Destiny. I will give you that. It had a better story. We're talking boss fights. As far as like boss fights go, like so if you're like basically you're comparing one raid to the other i would give the vanilla raid an edge out just because i thought the boss fights were a little bit better versus like do doing like crota and stuff you could you could cheese that shit plus they put galahorn in and gal galahorn was just fucking made that game so dumb anyways no i i that that first raid was okay that second raid what house of wolves was better no, no, no. The first one. Wasn't the first one Vault of Glass? I can't Vault remember. Of glass, yeah. That one fucking yeah, sucked. House of Wolves was a hair better. And then when Taken King came out, they they finally got together. They got dude, together. Dude, you're, you're like that dude that likes Terminator 3, bro. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Terminator 1. <laughs> uh, but no, no. I, 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 you know, agree to disagree. But yeah, all of Vanilla Destiny, every boss fight was forgettable. <laughs> Uh, it was boring. Uh, the, it, I, you just, yeah, it, it was very forgettable. Oh man. Forgettable. Oh man. <laughs> hey, we, we had will, our first argument. <laughs> I will leave you with my final boss fight, which is a, not a bad boss fight, but is one of my all time, probably my favorite 
and it's from uh, Chrono Trigger, and it's Lavos. And the reason why I say that is because Lavos is multiple boss fights, right? Like, you can, for anybody that's never played the game, dear God, do yourself a favor, go get a fucking emulator, whatever, I don't care, and play it. That game is totally worth it. Um, but Lavos... Black Box you, Signal does not endorse emulations, but do whatever do the fuck not. you want. We, we do not, but do whatever you want. Um, Lavos, you can... So in the, in that game, it's like about time travel, essentially. Lavos, you can fight him at different periods in the game, and it changes the ending of the game. So I always thought that that was a super cool mechanic that, like, essentially at the very start of the game, you could try and fight him if you wanted to. So, and it changes it changes his boss fight, too, depending on when you fight him and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I always thought that was super cool. And then if you beat him, like, at the very end of the game, like, I guess what you would call, like, the real ending or whatever. Um, I love he's got like He's got, like, three forms, and it's crazy. Like, he takes on, like, in one of his forms, he takes on, like the different traits and stuff from like previous bosses and stuff. Uh, and it's, it's, so it's kind of like a mini boss rush and stuff. It's super cool. Um, definitely probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite boss fights in existence. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah. Uh, I guess, I guess that's all I have for boss fights. I was going to bring up final fantasy eight, but that was more just cause of how that game ends. It has nothing to do with the boss fight. Like, is Squall alive? Is he not? Was he even alive in the first place? You know? <laughs> yeah, I love I love shit like that. Like, break your brain. Convol- yeah. Convoluted storyline. Uh-huh. Yeah. But. You know, where we all don't know each other, but we really know each other because we all went to the same orphanage and the lady we're trying to kill ran the orphanage. Or did we? Because did I exist in the first place? Was I just yeah, a fever no dream? Was I just yeah. a timeline fart? We all go to we all go to a school that grooms children to be military soldiers and attack other countries too. You okay, know? that's like yeah, every game, including <laughs> Fire Emblem Engage. Like that segue there. <laughs> so I've been playing more Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, I don't got much more to say about that except I do have a gameplay uh a video up now a capture of me playing it. Yeah, last night um up on the Black Box YouTube channel. So if you want, check it out. Um. That game is still, you know, writing is over the top, kind of ridiculous, but the gameplay is really good. I wish this game and three houses could have a baby. That would be amazing. Um, but I don't have much really to say about that, except go check out the playthrough if you're curious. Um, still, uh, I will say this. I watched a little bit of it that you were streaming um, for everybody else. Graphically wise, I think it's pretty good. Uh the fighting and stuff obviously solid it's i mean it's it's fire emblem i mean do i really need to say more for anybody like it's it's good uh the storyline from a little bit i got i would say i agree with you it's a little it's a little over the over the top much um and i will say this like i was talking to you earlier the um the ring summon or whatever definitely was not what i pictured it in my mind being i thought it was gonna be something way different and that would be my only critique on it is i kind of feel like the ring summons kind of a little eh, it's a little lackluster like i mean it's cool but like i don't know i guess i had a a way different cooler thought in my head so it was kind of a letdown for me but 
Yeah, I I should have showed that off a little bit more because I al I would always summon him and then engage right away, which kind of made them fuse. I know if you notice that, like mm -hmm. they would take on their outfit and like like um the main character Lear would like grow wings or whatever. But when you first summon them, you can just have them out and get like okay. an attack bonus. So like like you it would show two of you attacking. Um, but I didn't really show that off because I was just trying to finish that battle um mm. so uh yeah though i'd agree that the story is very very cheesy and the graphics i mean it's a switch game so it's yeah. it runs like a switch game would um and then the i was still playing bits of crisis core i'm almost done with that i'm hoping i'll have it finished by next week we'll have to see like i'll probably say that at least on three more episodes i hope to have finished but um <laughs> <laughs> um but the reason the why i haven't played backlog yep but the reason why I didn't get to much of that this week is because the big game that I played, which I have also have a video up on the Black Box YouTube channel now, is Season A Letter of the Future. Which, if you've been following me on Twitter for the past couple of years before this and followed my live streams in the past, I've probably talked about this game the most out of any indie game that has been announced since 2020. Um, for good reason. Yeah, it's... So the synopsis of the game to break it up a little bit better is that you are going around chronicling the end of the world, taking pictures, um, you're recording sounds, things like that. And the opening of the game is super strong um, and very, uh, very melancholy, very. Uh, I'm, I'm not, there's a word that I had for it today when i was thinking about it and i now it's left my brain it's, but honestly it's a vibe that's yeah, what I would it's say. evocative it, it, it's evocative like it's, it's very well done yeah um so spoilers if you don't want to hear about that game skip forward but the, the very opening this is just spoiling the very opening you're like performing this ritual in your house with your mother and you're dropping different items into this pot and each time you do that it's causing your mom to forget a, a memory and it's because everybody in this world is suffering, what is it the, from the death dream or the dead dream, something like that? I can't um, remember what it was. Uh, what are they? It's the dream, dream, dream sickness or something. Oh, the like dream that? sickness. I think yeah, that's what it was called. So you're from, from. We didn't get super far, but from all I know is you're leaving your village for the first time ever, coming down from your mountain and uh, kind of going around and collecting a bunch of like your scrapbooking it's 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 the prettiest scrapbooking simulator i've ever played <laughs> um it's and it's good though like the way that you can you can sketch you can add quotes to your book and and you can customize the book yourself so if i play the game and then brandon plays the game our scrapbooks might look entirely different um and like i said you can add sounds and uh so it's got a very interesting story uh and so far the look um it looks so good like i mean i've been saying that since i saw it but now that i've gotten to play it uh i'm playing it on ps5 the frame rate is solid um the cutscenes are in like a 24 to 30 frames um but i think that was just an artistic choice because there's a lot of games that like your cutscenes are in 30 and your uh gameplay is in 60 but the gameplay is in 60 and uh, just getting out of that town last night and seeing the vistas for the first time and every all the things that they made, uh, it just looks so so good. And uh, I can't wait to play more of it. I'll probably play more of it on stream this week. That's that's what I plan on playing. Um, so that's that's the big one. Uh, 
You watched a little bit of it, though. What did you think? Yeah. So for me, I did watch it because I was curious. Um, I told you I was going to make a list of my complaints. <laughs> let, me, let me grab it real quick. Right, I'll be ready here. to shoot them all down. No. <laughs> um, no, honestly, like I'm I'm it, it, this is definitely more of a chase game. I don't know if it's something I would definitely play, but I'm definitely not knocking it. Like everything you said, like spot on, like graphically wise, I it's really good. I would say the art style is kind of like um I don't really want to say like comic book, but it's kind of more like um like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse style, I guess. Similar. Like it's yeah. not really it's not really like comic booky, but it's not it's definitely you know cell I mean? shaded. It's, yeah. 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 This is the um, best, one of the best looking cell shadings in a game though, that I've seen. Yeah. So, and usually really I'm good. not a fan of cell shaded, but I really like this. And like Chase was saying, like the, it, it's very, it's, it's mellow. Like it's, it's cool. Like I'm sure what he was hearing was way better than what I was hearing watching him on stream. But like, just the ambiance, the, the not even just the music, like just the ambiance, like the sounds in the background and stuff. The wind, like it those was, chimes, like everywhere. Yes, you yep. could hear the water trickling. You pass by that frog at one point. Like it's just everything's very well. Like you can tell they took time to meticulously like build this world and this environment and placing certain things at certain points that you may happen to just you know ride your bicycle by or walk by or whatever and that's cool uh the scrapbooking thing that was definitely a joke i made but it, it's super yep, cool i actually thought that was really neat like you have like essentially like chase was saying it's like a scrapbook kind of and yeah you can put like pictures in there little quotes that your character quotes audio clips all sort of dude and like he was saying Drawings, if i played sketch. it you played it and he played it all of our, and we compared all of our books. They probably would not look anything alike. It's super cool. I'm really interested to see some more of it because it, it's very cool. And honestly, like we, like I was saying earlier, like there's like no combat or anything in it. And I don't even see a problem with that. Cause it's cool. It's very, it's like, um, it's like a book, right? Like you're playing a book. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, I dig on that kind of stuff to be honest with you. And yeah, kind of like when I mentioned on stream too, this is an indie game. It's only $30. Uh, it's yeah. small studio. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, wh why I highlight indie games so much is like they have to have a strong narrative because they realize the gameplay isn't going to be as active as your AAA shooter action pack, yada, yada, yada. So they come in with the writing chops. Like I made the joke last night between the two streams that uh, between the two, Season has better voice acting than Fire Emblem right now. Like the fire, the voice acting in Fire Emblem was very like, I could t it was kind of phoned in. You can kind of tell it was a little like cheesy and just like it wasn't as good as the last Fire Emblem. But the voice acting in Season is super good, super good. I'm I'm sure I have no idea what you're talking about with the voice acting in Fire Emblem. I'm sure we have no idea. <laughs> no, but even the comparison, like Three Houses, I feel like even had better voice acting. But Season has, like, yes. the performances are yeah. good. The narrative so far is super intriguing. Like, they're not leaving you with much except for what you know. And you're just going to figure it out. Like, the war. The war that happened in the previous season that they talked yeah. about. You don't know really yeah. anything about that. You're just finding little, like, letters. Like, when I was finding those letters that had, you know a letter from a soldier writing, writing home to his wife or a medic writing home and things like that. But yeah. that, that happened the season before you were born. So mm -hmm. you, so you're just getting these little snippets. It's kind of, it didn't, 
really offload a bunch to you. It just gave you what you needed to know and then dropped yeah. you in this world and kind of is now leaving you to figure out everything else. It leaves you like little, like a little breadcrumb trail, right? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't give you a super big download. It gives you like a little crumb at a time. And it, it, that like watching you play, it made me feel like I want more. I want to know more. Like right. I want to know what's going on with this. You know what I mean? So which almost makes the scrapbooking like a secondary mechanic for me. Like the scrapbooking is just a means to an end because as you do get to a new area and scrapbook, this meter will fill up. And then when that meter fills up, it'll kind of like drop the next story beat. Um, but I found myself like I would stick a bunch of random stuff in the scrapbook just to fill that meter, just to get the next story drop. Um, and then maybe I'd go back and take a couple more pictures to make it look a little nicer. But for the most part, I was just getting to the point where I was like, I just want to fill this meter and figure out what's next and, and what they're going to drop next. Oh, I got one thing else in there that um, I've noticed we forgot to mention. Um, you found that bench, remember? Mm -hmm. And it gave you the option to sit down, and she took two whole pages and sketched out this. Um, it was like a broken down, like, bunch of, like, it like, like a cranes and oil rigs like or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it gave you the option, like, do you want to sit down and sketch this? And Chase did. And, like, it, dude, freaking, I thought that was super super fucking cool and you just like, like kind of sat there and like looked out at it and you know mm -hmm. it, was, it almost felt like a tower in like what you would see in like a ubisoft game or like in a breath of the wild but it wasn't mm -hmm. really at filling out your map it was just something that you could do to kind of just slow down mm -hmm. for a minute and even though the game is kind of not really pushing chill. you to go fast but that even mm -hmm. slows it down even more to be like just take a minute and look in like look around and take it all in um and another moment I felt like that was like when you left the village for the first time on your bike and you saw yes. everything, it was just like, and it opened up and I was like, mm -hmm. Whoa, this is incredible. Like how good this looks. And sometimes I just want to slow down for a minute and take it all in instead of moving on to the next story beat. So, so I've got two parts kind of like smashing up against each other. I've got the story beat that I want to keep going, but also like, I want to keep looking at this game because it's beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. and super well done. Um, but yeah, that's season it's out now. It's 30 bucks on the PlayStation store. It's on PS, uh, it's on steam. I believe it's on PC. So yeah. Um, yeah, I can't say enough at early. This might be too early to say, and I don't even know if we're going to do a game of the year thing when we get there, but this is an already early contender for game of the year for me. Um, just for the writing alone. Uh, yeah. So um do you got anything else or is that pretty much what you got i think that pretty much covers it for my week to be honest with you yeah okay well then why don't we go ahead and we'll just get into the news here um a little bit of a slightly shorter news week or maybe we just have smaller stories going on um first big one comes out of igm that i'm sure a lot of you have already know who are in the know uh but both or all three uh xbox nintendo and sony have announced that they will not be a part of e3 this year um they sony hasn't really been there the last couple of years even prior to the pandemic and nintendo uh, has been kind of getting smaller and smaller they they stopped doing their big trade show uh, trade presentation and now just kind of submitted direct but the one that surprises me the most is microsoft backing out because they always put on a big stage show um but i mean e3 has been i don't know what what do you think about that uh, it's just interesting that to see the big three pull out we had discussed that at work and i thought it was kind of interesting 
that um, all three of them, like you said, are just kind of like pulled out. Like, you know, like you said, Sony, I mean, has kind of been like, all right, you know, whatever, we'll do our own thing. But yeah, seeing Nintendo and now eventually Microsoft pulling out, like that's a, that's an interesting dynamic change there. Um, but I think a lot um, with this whole digital era now that we're kind of moving towards, like big events like that are kind of uh, a relic of the past almost, I feel like. Yeah. Well, and especially like we also discussed too that like um, it's expensive to rent space. Oh, yeah. for E3 and put on a stage show and do all this like even before Sony backed out like EA started hosting EA play in a completely different location in LA because uh, I think uh, E3 is at the LA convention center and then I think EA just does it at a different place so they've backed out they're finding that they can you know save money by putting on their own event or even more so save money by just putting out a live stream in the case of like Nintendo yeah. instead of renting the booth space, renting the stage space uh, at, an, at an event that really has been on the downcline, especially since the ESA has kind of bungled it like the last few years. Like they leaked a bunch of journalists and developers information and uh, like on a, like an accident just happened, which is never a good sign. Uh, so the ESA is trying to keep this thing alive because the ESA makes a lot of fucking money off of E3. But what do you do when you don't have the three big hardware manufacturers there? Like none of them. It's one thing to maybe not have one of them, but or maybe even two of them. But you don't even have one. One of the major one of the major hardware manufacturers. Like what do you have? Like. Even if the small indie studio show, like, like that's what I always felt PAX was for. PAX was, like, the big showcase for all the smaller studios. And then, like, think about this, too. Like, Bethesda always had a stage show at E3. But now that they're owned by Xbox and Xbox ain't showing up, does that mean Bethesda's not going either? Probably not. Does that mean Activision's going? Because Activision always had a huge showcase at the Xbox showcase. There's not going to be an Xbox showcase now, at least at E3. So does Activision not go now? Uh, I like e 3 has got Google Stadia to show. <laughs> right, right. And it's <laughs> and and I'm starting to think like maybe this just becomes like a thing where it's like it's gonna be a fan event where you just come, they're slowly pivoting and you just come and play games that are already out. But I mean I don't see how that would entice like anybody to cover it as like an industry event like it used to be covered. Um Yeah, not at all. Like I don't see I don't see game journalists flocking to go there when, you, like I said, E3 was always the thing that you knew. This is where the big guns come and show off what they're doing. And if you don't have even one of them. That's kind of worthless. Not, not even a point to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next story is actually a conflicting two-part story. Um, this is originally reported by Bloomberg that due to, redo, uh, due to uh, disappointing uh, pre-order numbers, uh, according to Bloomberg and Jason Schreier, Sony has reduced its output um, of PSVR 2s that are supposed to be coming out. I guess they were slashing their output from 2 million to 1 million uh, units really? that they're going to ship. Uh, and that's set to come out pretty soon. That's coming out the, let's see, February 22nd. That's supposed to come out. Um, but then right afterwards, uh, Sony came out, uh, and this is via gameindustry.biz. Um, so this is directed from Sony. We have not cut PSVR two numbers or production numbers. 
Uh, PlayStation says it has not cut the PlayStation VR 2 production numbers following a report from Bloomberg. Uh, the firm told GameIndustry.biz that it is seeing enthusiasm for PlayStation fans for the upcoming launch, which includes more than 30 titles, such as Grand Turismo 7, Horizon, blah, 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 blah. Um, the initial report said that Sony was making a significant reduction in its projections for PSVR VR 2 and even warned supply partners that manufacturing could decrease as well. Um, but Sony has sent, since like countered this, which I mean, that doesn't surprise me because I, of course you're going to want to go and be like, Nope, everything's fine. Make sure you pre-order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't, don't worry uh, about it. Yeah. I, I don't know this. Uh, we talked about how expensive it is. It's $550. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what do you think about the whole situation? Well, that surprises me. Um, and for one, like, that's not a, I was going to say, that's not a good sign if that's not true that you're already slashing your units before they've even come out like that's not that is not good like if your projections are already that piss piss poor like right and they weren't even that high to begin with they said two million and now they're cutting it to one i mean that and the, the other thing that keeps you know jumping into my head not to go into a super economic talk but i mean the there's still I mean, we're going to talk about it coming up that like, we can kind of roll this in together, actually, I guess. Um, Sony did say on the PlayStation blog that PlayStation 5s this year are going to be easier to get. But they're, yeah. which I mean, okay, we, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. The year has just started. I have actually myself started seeing them like one or two in stores, you know, actually on the shelf. But, you know, this is a console that's already $500. So you could say it's definitely a luxury item. Let's face it, people like me and you are early adopters. There's still people that don't have, you know, a new console on in either court, whether that's Xbox or Sony. Uh, um, so it's already an expensive item. All this talk about inflation and people not having as much money. When the PS5 came out, everybody was at home because of the pandemic. So a lot more people were playing games. Now everybody's you got this whole back to normal narrative, but everybody's kind of back to work and everything. So not as much many people are playing games. So you have a luxury item that has a, that you have to have another luxury item to have because this PlayStation VR does not work without the PS5. So you already have to have five hundred dollars yep. for PS5, five fifty for PSVR two. I just you know, and like I said, with the way the economy is, I just don't see as many people jumping out to buy this thing, shelling out thousand dollars. Yeah, right. I don't see that either. Right. right. I mean, in VR is already like that. Uh. Like it's really expensive to have to get in, so the fact and the fact that like the supply chain issues are just now being solved on the console side when you're putting this out like in less than a month, I I don't know I I could see a lot more people buying PS fives right now as as we get like tax season and all that, but the PSVR two I can still see a lot of people waiting. I don't know what do you think? Yeah, being pretty hesitant on it, I could see that as well waiting for like an initial price drop or something like that for sure. Well, because like we, it, uh, Oh no, go ahead. I was going to say, because I mean, honestly, like lots, there are lots of people that are like that too. Right. Like not necessarily, I mean, right now, yes. Um, with the, with, you know, the, the PS five and the new Xbox, like a lot of people didn't have them because they were just too hard to get. But I know a lot of people are still like that, where they wait a year or two to pick up the new generation console. Uh, one, because they want potential bugs and stuff fixed. 
and two, they're waiting for that initial price drop because they don't want to face it. They don't want to spend the five hundred dollars or whatever for it. And also, I mean, I guess we can kind of spin into this story. So I'll, I'm going to just jump around here. But uh, we talked about or I didn't mention this, but I, I heard initially uh, that Sony everywhere else has actually raised the price of the PS5, except for in the United States to about five hundred fifty dollars. And now Xbox is doing that. And this is according to Video Games Chronicle, at least in Japan. They're increasing the prices by roughly 5,000 yen or by 5,000 yen, which is about $50 US. So they're actually raising the prices. So we're not getting that initial cut because yeah, uh, I feel that, you know, a lot of these consoles, um, I feel like they're all regretting releasing at $500. Like as much as we would hate to say this, these boxes should have probably came out at $600 with the tech that's inside them. Um. And, you know, a lot of times these console manufacturers sell these consoles at a loss at hopes that they'll make it back up in software sales. But because of the pandemic and everything, the software sales have slowed. Software output has slowed. That's why we're not getting as many big releases as we have been because that pande- the pandemic threw a wrench in development and everything slowed everything down. And we're just now mm-hmm. starting to get caught back up to where, you know, the, the the price is going up everywhere. You're not going to get that price cut anytime soon. So people, like I said, people are probably more likely to go out and get the console, but not get a PSVR two. Especially last week when we talked about how like the the launch lo- window lineup, not even the launch lineup, the launch window lineup, which is like within the first three or four months the console's out, uh, doesn't look that great. Um, yeah, well, lackluster for sure. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff that's already out that you can play on PSVR one, that you can play on the Oculus Qu- or the Meta Quest. Um, you can play it on it anywhere else. So it's, yeah, Meta, bro. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still calling it Oculus. Yeah, I I I hate Meta. <laughs> um, PS going with the continuing with some Sony news. Um, Sony is ending the PS Plus collection on May 9th. That was an email. Oh that was that's not God. even a source. That was oh. an email that me and you both got, and you were like, yes. "Bro, did you see that they're ending that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I just opened the email." Uh, yeah. How we were talking oh. like the other week about, you know, this is another feather in the cap for why Game Pass is fucking awesome because yeah. they're they're uh, I don't know. What do you think about that? I'll, I'll let you go first. It's <laughs> I feel like this is a real step back for one. So for anybody that doesn't know, give everybody the benefit of the doubt. So you have PlayStation Plus that you pay for, and they give you access to what we're referring to the as the PlayStation Collection. So they have like a bunch of different games that you can essentially play for free as long as you have PlayStation Plus. And this email that this is the essential version because you know they have those tier they have those tiers now. Yeah. So oh, yeah, they have the tiers base. now. This is just the it. base version. Um, you yeah. get you get your two games a month, your online play, and then your mm-hmm. or it's like I think it's four games now because they have a couple PS4 games and a couple PS5 games, something like that. It's like well, two to four games. Three. a month. I think it's three. I think okay, they do three. three. And then they do that collect and they do that collection that has so mm-hmm. many games in it. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. And they completely just cut that out. So essentially now, if you're a baseline person like I am, I Which pay I am just the, uh, the bronze tier, whatever, the base um, price for it. All that I'm really getting now is I can play online with other people and you get your one or two, you know, releases a month that they that they give you for free that you can download. Um, which honestly really has been pretty lackluster, in my opinion. I don't know about you, but 
I there have been a couple like slam dunk ones. Like I remember I got one month they had Hollow Knight and all of its DLC content for free. For free download. I have it forever now. I got it for free. Amazing. I couldn't gush enough about that game. And and that's one of those again, like we're talking like an indie style game, and mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. But I got that off of the monthly games thing. And I think I've downloaded maybe two other games out of the entire time because right. there really just hasn't been that great of stuff, like in my opinion. And now you're getting rid of the, your whole extra back collection. Which is really funny because when they launched the PS5 and launched this this collection, they were saying they were going to like add games to it. Yeah. Since, it, yeah, since it's come out, they haven't added any games to it, and now they're getting rid of it. Um, so, so, and like, and you can go and say like the Xbox monthly releases aren't too much better, but they also have game pass. So they at least have that. And I'm almost wondering that if like, we kind of speculated that I wonder if this is going to be used to get people to upgrade to those bigger tiers, the, the, I think it's extra and premium or premium and extra. I don't know what yeah. I don't know what I know, I know that's what they're called, but I don't know which one's which. But, I want to say the highest tier is very similar to Game Pass, where you right. can down like basically like rent games through them. Um, and I I'm in agreement with you. I think they're trying to push people towards that, but I feel this is a real step back, and I feel like this they're going to take a huge L for this yeah. pretty, pretty hard. Yeah, considering that when those tiers launched, they weren't received very well because the big thing that everybody was excited about was PlayStation 3, 2, and 1 games. The 1 and 2 offerings are pretty meh right now. Like, there's some decent ones in there, but there's not much in there, and they haven't added to it. And then the PS3 offerings are in the cloud because the PlayStation 3 was such a weird box with like the uh the cell processor and everything that they haven't actually figured out how to emulate ps3 games properly on a ps4 or ps5 so the ps3 ones you can get have to be streamed to you and you know that always introduces like a little bit of latency and all that so i i just uh i don't know that seems funny to me and like i i don't know it's just why it why would you do that like uh we will we can still download those games until uh, May 9th or add them to your library, and then they'll be in the library forever. So you can at least do that, which I'm probably going to go back and do, just add every single one uh, to the library and not necessarily download them, but then at least I have them before they go away. So May 9th, everybody, go scoop them up if you have PS Plus while you can. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I hope this means that maybe they'll beef up their premium tiers, their premium offerings. That would be great. But I don't know. I'm pretty skeptical right now because all they've done is taken away. <laughs> I know for sure I'm going to go in there and at least scoop up Final Fantasy 15, the Royal Collection, for my library. Yeah. Because that game's amazing, and I would go back and play that again. <laughs> I would grab Persona 5, but it's not Persona 5 Royal, which is the really good one, like the, the with all the DLC. Like, mm. that, that's what I want, but I don't know. Um couple smaller stories here. This one I don't have a source for. This is kind of just all over the place. But uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, uh, the sequel to uh, Fallen Order, um, is delayed to April 28th by just a month, which isn't too bad. Um, not too much more to report on that uh, other than, you know, just a small delay. No no big deal, uh, which means they would put it out at the beginning of fiscal. Like, I'm, I'm, they were trying to get it out at the end of the fiscal year, but they, they're just not going to hit that date. Um, well, so that's been delayed. Um, no big deal. One, 
one extra month to smooth out, finish smoothing out some stuff, I'm I wouldn't be too mad at that. Now, if we get another delay after that, I would probably if I was super looking forward to it, that would be kind of annoying. Unless that game shit's broken as hell, and then it's like they should have delayed this another six or seven months. But <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it comes out. It's like oh man, maybe they should have made. But uh, the last one was pretty solid. So uh, yeah, I don't know. We're looking at CD Project Red. I don't know if I'll pick this one up because like. It was one of those games where, like, the gameplay was really fun. The story was all right. Um, it was just, like, a typical Star Wars story, honestly, the first one. It had some cool characters and, some, and it had some great performances, but the, I felt like overall the story of, of Fallen Order was just good, not great. Okay. But, I'm, I'm going to hard disagree with you on this. <laughs> so, and, and not in a good way either. Like, I'm going to poop on this game. Like, honestly, so it, like, I liked it, but, like, dude, the main character is so bland. Oh, oh Cal bland lightsaber, as, bland as fuck, dude. Like, no, I know that's a joke. I know his name is Cal Kestis, but I kid you not. The first time I opened up the dude. menu, it says Cal and then lightsaber, and I was like, they did not just name this motherfucker Cal lightsaber. And so he's Cal lightsaber to me. But yeah, that no, he sucks. Oh, he, he's like, he's so lame. I will agree with that. that I don't I don't disagree with you there. He's lame. As hell, bro. Like there is nothing he could just going be, on. With he might as guy. well just be the walking camera wire guy with a lightsaber. Like that that Dude. that would be better, and that would be might be an improvement. They could have just drawn a stick figure guy and gave him the lightsaber, and it probably would have had more character than his yeah. character. Like, and the sad thing is, the actor that plays him is actually a pretty decent actor, but I think it's just the direction that they're giving him yeah. is like. But other than that, I mean, the storyline was eh, okay in those games. Uh, the coolest thing in that, honestly, is when you're in that like ice cave or whatever, and you make your lightsaber or whatever. That to me was the coolest part in the ending. I'm not gonna spoil the ending for anybody. But I can spoil the ending. ending. It's 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 long enough. It's been long enough. Okay, well, when you're like fucking run away from Darth Vader, I thought that shit was pretty badass. Like you can try and fight him and you will die. Like you, yeah, you can't beat him. Literally, yeah. the game literally is designed that you can't beat him. But it like gives you that like sense of dread running from him. But yeah, so I'm not super hyped for the sequel to it unless they I don't know throw some hot sauce on the main <laughs> character. Cause I mean, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woof. Uh, definitely. Um, yes. but, uh, next story I have here is a, a little bit of a bummer, uh, for me, uh, cause I was playing this game. I tested this game. Um, Rumbleverse is shutting down February 28th. Uh, this is iron galaxies, uh, um, battle Royale. That was wrestling themed. It was, uh, it was a melee focused battle Royale. So you would be, fighting in a city and you could uh instead of picking up weapons you were picking up uh like stamina boosters and moves so like you could pick up an oh now i can do a spear now i can do a super kick now i can do a german suplex depending on what button you hit and it had like a very rock paper scissors type thing like uh your melees break grapples your grapples break like blocks and your dodge like it was kind of like that and it was really cool what was really fucking cool is like you could just be fighting with some dude on, you know, a skyscraper and you could spear him off the fucking skyscraper and just fall like super far. Cause it was like, I said, it was like a battle royale <laughs> where you're just falling really far and you just land on a car and bounce off it. Or like the most satisfying thing was to drop an elbow on somebody from a skyscraper and actually land on them. Cause you're falling forever. And then you just land on them. That was cool. But, um, that, that's kind of a bummer because, uh, I, that was like the one battle royale since like, the battle royale craze blew up that like was doing something different and I felt like was doing it well. But um this is a, this just came right from Rumble versus website that they're gonna be shutting it down. 
um, which it, it's a bummer. I've always liked Iron Galaxy Studios. They were the ones that uh, were doing the Killer Instinct reboot and all that. Um, so that that's kind of a bummer because, like I said, it was like the one that was doing something different, and it was good. It was well made. Like it, it yes, it got to the point where people got really fucking good at the game really fast, and you couldn't <laughs> just like any battle royale or any online game that if you're not in there all the time, you're not gonna like beat everybody because you're just you don't have that muscle memory. But that one was just so cool because, like I said, like just like or and then you could also like rip off stop signs out of the ground and use that as a weapon and like chairs and like that were lying all over. It was so cool. And it had like a very like cartoony art style. So it wasn't too serious. And the city of it was called Grapital City. Like nice. Capital City. And the ring in it was a wrestling was uh, as it closes when you're outside of it, instead of uh, losing health, you'd start getting counted out like in a wrestling match. So you had 10 seconds to get back in. And then when you get knocked out of it again, let's say you lost four seconds, you get knocked out again and now you're at six seconds. So it's like you're getting counted out instead. And it it, it was just so cool. You got fired out of it. As you, like instead of dropping out of a plane, you got shot out of a cannon because uh, wrestling's origin started in carnivals. So like just getting shot out of a cannon into the grapple, into grapple city, these things are just hilarious and perfect. But um. Yeah, kind of a bummer, man, because that was that was that was a cool game. I, I played a lot of it. Uh and I guess I guess I should have fucking played more of it because they're shutting it shutting it down. But um uh, yeah, I, I I don't know what you think about that, but I because I know you don't know um, well, play too much, but honestly, unpopular opinion, I know, but I fucking hate battle royales. For I the most part, are, I do too. Like I, I think they are the fucking new wave cancer of the gaming society world. <laughs> like I, I don't even hate to say it. Like, I gonna be brutally honest. Like, they are. I can't fucking stand them. I've liked like, PUBG and then I've liked this one the most. Like, honestly, the so I played Fortnite for a while there, um, but it's just that, you know, and I, I'm happy my son doesn't like that stuff either. To be honest with you, like, yeah, just Violet like, hates every time I bring up Fortnite. She hates it. Like, I, I played yeah, it once. Son. I played it once, got a victory royale my first game. and I was like, whoop. Time to quit while I'm on top. So <laughs> my son will straight tell people Fortnite's for babies. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I, I, and I know Warzone yeah. is super popular, but and you know they're they're really popular. That's the problem, is they're super popular. So people are trying to find their way of making them. I played um Warzone and honestly, I didn't even really play like the battle royale version of it. Mostly what I played was the um I forget what the fucking is it the rebirth called. ones? Like no, we're... not rebirth. It's the one where you collect money. Like so, basically, you can kill other players for money. Or you I think can I know what you're talking about. I just can't remember the game. Around there, and so yeah, who, at the end of the match, whoever has the most amount of money for your team wins, or whatever. And so it's like unlimited respawns because you know you're just collecting money. And I I like that better than the actual battle royale shit. Like, and it and it's becoming a thing where it's just clone after clone, right? Like. Right. There was oh, one other battle royal that was doing something cool, and I cannot remember. Oh, Knockout City! It was a dodgeball one. We had to throw a dodgeball, so that one was kind of interesting. But yeah, for the most part, it's been kind of meh. And honestly, like I don't play Call of Duty that much anymore. But if I were to go back and play Call of Duty, I would just want to play the regular traditional team deathmatch multiplayer, yep. like stuff like that. I would want to play that stuff. I don't want to play the battle royale. Like that just doesn't. Or zombies, me. honestly, that call, zombies was the best thing Call of Duty ever came out with. I yeah. love playing zombies. I wasn't that big of a fan of zombies, but you know, I, I will argue that that was probably better than playing a battle royale. Now I hear that new DMZ from the Modern Warfare Two, um, version of Warzone is 
pretty fun because you like drop in, you complete some objectives, and I guess there's AI on the map too, and then you can just kind of bounce out. And like the longer you stay in, uh, like the more, like it. Oh, that's what it is. It plays like Tarkov, like Escape from Tarkov. Oh, okay, okay. Um, that's what I was trying to think of. I was like, what game is a lot like? It plays like that to where like you can like lose items or like whatever you leave with. That's what you get. Um, so that might be interesting. I've, I've, I've considered checking that out. Um, but I'd have to clear some space on my hard drive because the call of duty downloads like fucking ridiculously huge. So, um, but yeah, other than that, like there really hasn't like I, Fortnite was pretty boring. Uh, vanilla Warzone was pretty man. Not an apex guy. The call of duty downloads huge, but it comes with a free bag of Doritos and a Mountain Dew. Right, right, right. Um, next story here. Uh, this one comes from GameIndustry.biz as well. Um, 95 employees will be laid off, or were laid off. Uh, there's no news from 343. Um, no new story content for Halo Infinite, and 343 will only be working on multiplayer going forward, and is also moving to Unreal Engine. Um, so, and these are some reports that are also coming out of Bloomberg, basically saying the same thing. Um, internal documents by Bloomberg. Contractors were only given a few days warning before the end of their contract. Uh, the publication added with, while dozens of veterans were also let go. Um, so yeah, that, uh, that was like on top of like the 10,000 that's also, that were also laid off at Microsoft as a whole. Unreal is also used to prototype Halo titles. The publication added, uh, concerning Halo Infinite, the studio reportedly isn't working on new content as many of its developers were among those laid off. So kind of what we speculated last week, I think this means that, you know, outside studios are going to start working on halo um what do you think well well also moving moving from slip space to unreal engine that could change the flow of your gameplay too i mean yeah that'll be interesting to see um i mean 98 what is that that's a rookie number dude 95 yeah (laughs) 95 bump that up man if you're gonna lay people off really lay people off really come on man (laughs) is there even a thousand people that Um, work for 343 (laughs) probably not um honestly not not surprised again more layoffs i mean i i i predict probably this can be a tumble effect you're gonna see a lot of layoffs it's gonna go domino from there um them switching engines like you said that could be a huge change in the gameplay and everything um so kind of interested to see that but i mean it sounds like you know like they said we're going we're just focusing on multiplayer which Honestly, I don't even really play much multiplayer anymore anyways. Right, neither of us do. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, all joking aside, I hope the 95 employees, you know, find work because it's hard to find work in the games industry. So, Oh, yeah, definitely. And this happens all the time. You know, people get let go in this industry without warning, and it sucks. I mean, it sucks to go to show up for work and then be like, clean out your desk. Like, not even two weeks or nothing. That's that's the big BS right there. Like, I've actually had that happen to me at a job I worked at where Mm -hmm. literally I showed up to work and everybody else goes to work and your boss is just like, yeah, we need to have a chat. Like, hey, we're shit canning you for no reason. Like, oh, that's cool. Like, so, yeah, that's a lot of BS and that would really piss me off. And that's an awful thing to happen to those people, honestly. Yeah, so hopefully they can find some new work and some better work and bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and land on their feet. Um, uh, this one is a smaller story. This was based off of an ad that, uh, that just came out. Um, Sony, uh, Sony's new ad was kind of possibly hinting at a new uncharted game. Um, 
I don't have the source for this, but this was just based on like a teaser that I saw, and then everyone was like, "Hey, that looks like Uncharted." Really? Um, I was never the biggest Uncharted fan, uh, but it looks like it might star his daughter, but like because it looked like it was a female. You're missing out. Uncharted was a great series. <laughs> My problem was I played The Last of Us first, which was also made by Naughty Dog. So I played that first and then went back and played Uncharted. And if you go to play, if you play it in that reverse order, it it's if you played Uncharted first, you can kind of see the builds towards Last of Us. And then if you go the other way with it, it's like, oh, this kind of plays worse. But um, I don't know. What, what do you I I'm not that excited about new Uncharted. But what do, you, what do you think about the possibilities of a new Uncharted? Would you be ready to go back or? You know, um, even even if you played as a new anta- a new protagonist, I mean, uh, it'd be interesting to see how they would go with the story. Honestly, um, I, me personally, I enjoyed the Uncharted games. Um, uh, but then again, like I was, and I'm probably gonna get slayed for this, but I was a huge Tomb Raider fan, uh, growing up, and Uncharted to me is was essentially like, dude, it's it's like male version of Lara Croft, right? Only like. Lara Croft was more like, uh, like badass bitch, right? Where like Nathan Drake's more like, yo, I'm like the suave kind of. You know what I mean? Like he gave me that right. more of like the suave vibes and like that. But also was a mass was, murderer apparently because he kills so many people in those games. <laughs> well, yeah. well, I mean, in the re- in the reboots of. Uh, Tomb Raider, it's not any. Oh, she's any not any better. She <laughs> murders a lot of people in those too. So, um, but I thoroughly enjoyed that series. So it'd be interesting to see, you know. Uh, kind of piggybacking on that, it's kind of funny. You bring up Tomb Raider. Um, Amazon. Uh, this is according to Games Radar. Uh, Amazon has reportedly bought the rights to the Tomb Raider franchise for six hundred mm. million dollars. Um, which is going to include the next game, uh, TV shows, movies, uh, and just different merchandise. Uh, so, yeah, Amazon's scooping up that IP to use it for everything. Um, I, don't, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? That's $600 million to, to, get the, to get the licensing rights for that. So when I read that, I got kind of uh, geeked out a little bit. I don't think... I don't, know if, I don't know if geek's really the term, but I was kind of interested to see that because... I've been a huge Tomb Raider fan. Always loved Tomb Raider since Tomb Raider on the friggin' PlayStation, the original PlayStation. Um, so kind of interested in that because I really liked the new Tomb Raiders. Now, some of them are just not good, and some of them are great. Like the the first re- when they first rebooted it, I absolutely loved that game because I compared it a lot to Last of Us. Right, right. It it was just really gritty and like Lara at the beginning of the game is not Lara at the end of the game. Same with, um, uh, the characters from last of us where they're at the start of game end of game, completely different people. You see this huge growth metamorphosis over it. And then you got like, um, there was like rise of the tomb Raider shadow of the tomb. I Raider. like the first two. The and third I, one was kind of where I can't it fizzled out which one's which, but one of them was not very good. It was kind of lackluster. I felt like it was the third I one. Have, I think it was shadow. It might have been. I have them all on my in my games library um, digitally. But yeah, one of them was just kind of eh. so it'd be interesting to see where they would go if they're going to reboot the games again. I that I don't know. What's what um, I find interesting is that um, Square was the one that owned them. Original Square Enix was the one publishing them originally. Crystal Dynamics was the, the developer. And after mm-hmm. Shadow, 
they sold Tomb Raider to the Embracer Group for three hundred million, and then turned around and sold it to Amazon for six hundred million. So <laughs> they, I would say, Embracer definitely made out well on that transaction, considering they paid you know less than half, they played half. Or, yeah. yeah, they doubled up on that. So uh, I, I'd say uh, Embracer made out like a killing like that. Um, but yeah, that that I just found that little part kind of interesting that you, it's surprised because you know it wasn't that long ago that Embracer bought. Uh, the rights to Tomb Raider from Square Enix. I, I want to say it's yeah. only been like about a year or so. So now, maybe two. Movie wise, I'd be interested in um, because what did we get? We got two movies, right? We had Tomb Raider and then Cradle of Life, right? Something like that. I, d- I don't with, like to believe um, that there was any Tomb Raider movies. With Angelina Jolie, uh, not really the greatest movies out there. Um, I can I can very well say that. I will watch them. Um, but they are, they're not very, the greatest. So seeing them maybe reboot the movies and do a good, good actress choice, uh, would be sweet to see. Um, and even at like a TV show, I mean, you see what HBO is doing with the last of us. Like uh, if, um, it, you know, Amazon prime could put out like a, a, a quality Tomb Raider show along what HBO is doing with last of us. Bro, I'd be pumped for that any day of the week. My problem with that is because of like the content, it's my problem with Uncharted 2 is we have Indiana Jones already. And like Indiana Jones is kind of that. Like it's that archaeological, like, you know, and you get to kill Nazis in, in Indiana Jones, which is always a plus. But <laughs> um Okay. So I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. Always have been. I watched them all with my dad. Um we are just going to forget Temple of Doom even exists because that is like the worst one of them all. Um, but I really mean, worse than uh, the Crystal Skull? Huh? Yeah, if probably. ruins could show. <laughs> Possibly. I saw Crystal I mean, Skull in theaters and that movie was fucking trash. The one with Shia LaBeouf in it. Oh my God. As his son. Ooh. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. That's. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I, I'm just saying I'd watch Temple of Doom any day over Crystal Skull. Just, just saying. Yeah. Yo, Kalima. Kalima. Um. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That movie's not good. Not to mention that, that movie's a little so racist. Good. Let's be real. That movie's oh, a little, without them portrayed those people, I'm like, this is a little racist. Oh, man. That movie is so not good. Uh, Ark, Ark is clearly the best one. And Ark then um, the other one. Last there Crusade. With, yeah, Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the best, too. Um, yeah, I mean, I get that. Yeah, we have like Indiana Jones or whatever, but like Indiana Jones, as much as I love it, I mean, it's kind of dated, right? You know, so kind of seeing a new age kind of, um, it, but it's different though, because like Indiana Jones is not really like a Tomb Raider, though. You know what I mean? Like his He's an archaeologist. Like, his whole thing is like I'm going, I'm going to these things and doing these to stop the Nazis. Where like, well, and preserve Drake's, history, right? Nate Drake's like, I'm doing this for me, dog. True, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, next little story here. This We don't really got to comment too much on this. This just kind of popped up in the releases because there hasn't been anything said about it until now. Um, Sony's MLB The Show 23 is coming out on March 28th. It is going to be on PlayStation. Uh, it's going to be day one on Game Pass. Uh, and don't got much more to say about that. I'm not a big baseball guy. I don't think you're really a big baseball guy. Or sports um, game guy so, in general, but surprisingly, I am not a big sports guy. But I do know from um, 
my brother, um, for people that don't know, I'm the youngest of three boys. So my one brother, the middle child, um, plays, uh, has played a decent amount of sports games. And I have watched him play some of the baseball games. And out of the sports games, yeah, I would say the MLB games are fucking solid. Oh, the actually. show's a huge seller, like from Sony First Party. That like a lot of people don't yeah. think that's a Sony First Party game because it's on Xbox, but that's like that makes them a good chunk of money. Yeah, it's a it's a great game series, I think. Um, so that's cool for people that are into that kind of stuff. Like, definitely awesome for them um you know i'm not a huge sports game person but like i said i i have played a couple of the baseball games and i've definitely watched my brother play them and they're uh, no pun intended but that you know they they smack it out of the park every year so right that they put one out so yeah like i said not a lot of people think of that as a sony joint because it's not like the typical you know big mm-hmm. first party release like a god of war or whatnot but that's that's one of their babies so um Next story here, um, this comes a reporting from Insider Gaming. I think John might be happy about this, our buddy John. Um, looks like, uh, kind of like we were talking that like U- Ubisoft hasn't had much recently. Well, sources say that Far Cry 7 and a Far Cry multiplayer are in development at Ubisoft. Um, details of both claims are s- games are still slim, um, but it's understood that the titles were intended to be one game at one point, but have been separated into two separate projects. Uh, the game is believed to be known as Project uh, Talisker, something like that, under the helm of Day Hay until both games became their own separate uh, entities after the departure of uh, to Blizzard Entertainment. Huh. Okay. I don't know why they're bringing up Blizzard in this. Uh, Far Cry 7 is now referred to as Project, Project Blackbird, whereas the multiplayer experience is known as Project Maverick. Uh, both projects are believed to have heavy involvement uh, from Ubisoft Mont- Montreal. Um, not more, not too much more on that, uh, except uh, I really hope that the, they, they better do fucking something with Far Cry 7 because I have not liked a Far Cry since, and I say liked, not loved. I have not liked a Far Cry since 4. Um, I'd say my favorite one was still probably 2 or 3. Uh, 3 was really yeah. good. 2 was really, really good. Um, 2 was- News. four was the last one that one, had any one, was, one is the only one that exists <laughs> okay uh <laughs> but, but i want malaria man like and that, wasn't that in two um oh, but yeah, yeah so i and then you know far, like far cry primal was a good idea but not that great uh mm. far cry 5 was had the potential to be something great but because they didn't really want to say much of their story it was garbage Far Cry Six, garbage. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't really know. Uh, what do you think about the po- prospects of a new Far Cry? Well, um, I'm with you. Hopefully, I mean, I wish them the best. Hopefully, they put something out decent. I mean, that series has really gone downhill. Um, I really loved the first one, and I think I played part of two, and that was pretty decent. I always joke, and I always tell Chase or, or our friend John when they bring up Far Cry that. The only one that exists is the first one. Um, just because, like, they progressively have gotten worse. Like, it's just... The writing's gotten like, worse. Like, the villains have been good. Um, good. And I felt like Far Cry 6 had potential because that was the one that was set in, like, uh, a Cuban or was it someplace in the Caribbean? It was, like, made up. But it's, that had potential. But every time, it's just, like, the writing just never hits. 
And that's like one thing you want in this game. And then a mul- what what would a multiplayer Far Cry be? Would it just be like raids or something? Like what? How would that? I mean, I I guess that could be potentially yeah, interesting. I'm not but sure how that would work, to be honest with you. Would you just? Would it be like co-op versions of what you're already doing, or I I don't. Possibly, or maybe like um, kind of like Dead Island or something like that. You know what I mean? Where you're fighting like waves or something like that i guess nobody's fucking talking about dead island anymore (laughs) that's fine hey bro i loved dead island get off my case that game was sick (laughs) (laughs) just i'm just thinking i'm just thinking like that style of game like that style multiplayer possibly but i don't know yeah um and then the next little story i have here uh is uh it's technically a rumor this is from my nintendo's news.com um and it's from canada uh, speculation grows for a direct as soon as Zelda, uh, as Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and Advanced Wars 1 and 2 uh, showed up in the Canadian eShop. So a lot of people are thinking that there might be a uh, Nintendo Direct coming around. I'm not so excited for, I mean, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, yeah, cool, whatever. But Advanced Wars 1 plus 2 uh, Reboot Camp is the title, um, which has long been rumored to be in development uh, by, or it has been in development by WayForward. Uh, could be scheduled for release date soon, um, but was pushed back due to the Ukraine invasion. Kind of didn't want to be insensitive about it, and also they were still working on it. Um, I don't know. That has me really excited just because we haven't got, um, a f- like, we've been getting Fire Emblem a lot, and the other genre that they always had was Advance Wars of that style. So the fact that we haven't got one in a long time has me really excited. Uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about the possibility of a new Advance Wars? Advance Wars has always been pretty cool. Or even cool. a reboot, I, always, I should say, yeah. I always thought they were pretty cool games. Uh, I played a, a couple of them before. I played, I think, the first one a while back, uh, and I enjoyed it. I think they're cool games, so getting, like, a reboot or something would be awesome. Also, that was one of my cats. I apologize to you guys, <laughs> but they uh, they got a mind of their own sometimes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, the, you know. Yeah. The cool game series. Yeah, so, and then I guess because they popped up at the eShop, we think that we might get a Direct soon. Uh, like a Nintendo yeah. Direct showing that off. I mean, if it's already That'd showing cool. up. Um, last two stories here are pretty small. Um, the Crew Motor Fest gets announced. That's right, people. The Crew is not dead. Speaking of Ubisoft news, the Crew is not dead. They're shitty racing game because the Crew was bad and the Crew 2 was bad. They had a lot of really good ideas, but it wasn't that great. Um, it's kind of like their their answer to Forza. But uh, I thought that game was dead, but apparently a new one got announced. So I only have this in there to say, you know what? Don't give up on your dreams, kids. Somehow the crew is still getting made. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I doubt you really have anything to say about Do you have anything to say about that? I, I didn't think you really no, would. I don't, I don't even think I ever even played any of them, to be honest. They went free to play so fast. Like I remember that was like the big thing getting like shown off when the PS4 got announced was like the crew because Gran Turismo was still getting delayed and it like released. And then within a month, it was like games with gold. Like it like it went, went like wow. straight to free. And then the crew two came out and I think the same thing happened. Um, But Yikes. so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know much more than that. There's a website. This is directly from Ubisoft's website. Um, that this has been announced, um, and it's going to take place in Hawaii. That's kind of cool. That's an interesting place to take a a racing game to. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it says its release date is sometime this year. That's it. That's all we got. Um, 
And then the last story, and this is just a really small story, kind of on a somber note, um, the actress who voiced Tess in The Last of Us, um, Annie Worshing, I think is how you say her name, uh, has passed away at 45. So kind of a bummer, uh, the voice actress who played Tess. Um, shout outs to the family and everything in this time. Um, she was a pretty pivotal character in the beginning of that yes. game. And, yeah. you know, the performances in that game as a whole were done really well. So mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of a bummer that, you know, with the popularity of the show now, you know, that she won't be around to kind of see that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I have for this week. It was kind of a little bit of a shorter week this week. Um, mm-hmm. What do you got going on next week? Like, are you going to, you said you're going to probably stream some stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely going to stream more <clears throat> tactics ogre. Cause like, I, w- I just want to play more now. Like I just, I love it. I'm hooked. <laughs> I want to play it. I want to see more of the story. I want to see where it goes. Um, because it, so the company that made Tactics Ogre got, they did such a good job making Tactics Ogre that Square hired them to make Final Fantasy Tactics. And Tactics' storyline goes from like this kind of like, oh, you know, political unrest, you know, machinations to all of a sudden we're fighting some giant undead angel thing in, in the middle of fucking nowhere, you know what I mean? So I'm curious to see if Tactics Ogre's storyline ends up like that, where it just goes balls against the walls doing right. something ridiculous. Yeah. I'm sure it probably does. Um, so yeah, I want to see more of that. Um, so that's the plan, probably at least you know one or two days of streaming that. You gonna try to record it so you can throw it up on the channel? Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna try and see if I can at least record a little bit um, and throw it up on the channel. Uh, this week they won't. They definitely won't be long streams. Like probably maybe an hour most. Cause yeah, mine were kind of short this this week. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. Except with the kids. So um, I'm not doing much this week. I'm gonna probably try to stream more a season just because that game intrigues the hell out of me. I think my audience dug it, and I kind of streamed it late last time. Um, so be on the lookout on my personal channel, and I'll be throwing that up on the Black Box channel probably as well, possibly. I, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Um, other than that, I think I'm just going to continue chipping at my games that I have off stream, uh, which is Fire Emblem and Crisis Core. I'm hoping that Crisis Core finished by the next episode. Uh, I'm not making promises, but I'm hoping. That's what I'm pushing for. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess we will see you all next week. And as always, stay safe, comrades. <laughs>